This morning we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 6. While you're turning there, I'm going to remind you of some anchor scriptures that we've been using. While you're turning to Matthew chapter 6. First Timothy chapter 4, while you're turning to Matthew 6, says, Now the Spirit expressly speaks expressly. Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times that some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times that some will depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. In Ephesians chapter 6, it also says, you know by now that we wrestle not, or we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. How many of you know that? But we do wrestle against principalities and against powers. About ruler, we do wrestle against rulers of the darkness of this world and against spiritual wickedness in high places. I'm not normally a serious preacher, as you know, but I've got weeks and weeks and weeks probably planned on the time we live in and how to live and how to fight. I want you to understand that we're in a spiritual battle. I'm going to say it again in, in, in view of, in light of the, this week, I'm going to remind you again. Start to say one more time, but it won't be the last time. We're not in a political battle. We're in a spiritual battle. You can't be surprised when evil, the Bible says that evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. We're in a spiritual battle, not a political battle. I'll submit to you as I did Wednesday night. If you didn't, if you wouldn't hear Wednesday night, go back on YouTube and listen to Wednesday night. It's, it's, it's as strong as an acre of garlic, but it's still worth listening to. I, I personally believe it falls right in line with what I'm preaching today, that our elections in the last two cycles, three cycles, whatever it's been, are an accurate reflection of this country. You say, well, they're cheating and they're lying. I, yeah. They are. That's what liars and cheaters do. Liars and cheaters lie and cheat. Thinking not strange, yeah? Oh. We, we, we have, can I say it a different way? The chickens are coming home to roost. When you raise generations with no need for God, no truth of the gospel. You can't be surprised when they're godless and lawless and deceiving liars. So before you keep just railing against the media, they're well, you know. Boy, I could start meddling right now and ask you how those seven mountains are going. That would be wrong. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about, and I'm glad some of you do, and you ought to wake up. 
You know, there, I, I just might as well dive off into that. There's a theory of thought. It's, a, it's, it's, it's you know, sometimes a, any old, a new revelation is generally an old heresy. Do you know that? If it, generally new revelation is nothing but an old heresy. Now you can call it latter rain. Was that what C. Peter Wagner called it? Can't remember. Was he latter rain? Was that that was the latter rain movement? You can call it kingdom now. You can call it dominionism. You can call it the seven mountain mandate. You know it's kind of like a snake. It just sheds its skin, comes back fresh, put a new name on it, and here we go again. And it says something along the lines that the church was put here to prepare the seven mountains of influence for the return of Jesus Christ. And then when we had it prepared, he would be back. That's it in a nutshell. I see, I can't ever remember them all. I see what it is. It's politics. How's, the church, how, how's that going? I didn't intend to take this much time, but I'll just go ahead and say it. If I, sometimes, you know, if you're in a hole, you ought to quit digging. Sometimes if you're in deep water, you just got to swim. I'm going to swim. Well, I'm going to ask you, how's, how's the church done on the political realm all over the world? Is it better? Gaining ground every day, right? I'm pressing on the upward way. Yeah, new heights I'm gaining. No, not, not, in, that, not in the political realm. Now, I got a question. How's the media going? The media seems to be getting more righteous by the day. Uh, let me think. Um, arts and entertainment. Better? Uh, let me think. Uh, education. Better? Mm. Civil authority. Is that the next one? How's that? New York and San Francisco is better than it's ever been. How, you feel safer than you've ever felt to go to the mall? I don't need to go through the other ones. I think you get them. Okay. How about we just get back to the Jesus of the Bible? How about we just get back to the Jesus of the Bible that has all power in his hand? How about that? How about we get back to the Jesus by the Spirit and the Gospel? And how about we just do the work of an evangelist? How about we go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature? How about we occupy till he comes? How about we understand that we're in this world, but we're not of this world? We'll get back to the, to the mandate. I find one mandate in the word of God. To go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's the mandate. Now I want y'all to know, you probably don't understand sitting here, what kind of nest I stir when I start on that. It's not winning friends and influencing people. But it's still true. But it's still true. And I'm tired of people being led astray by that garbage. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of seeing it destroy people's lives. People are distraught over elections. Now, I don't, I'm not talking about I don't care. I do care. But I'm not distraught. Because you know what? 
my faith hasn't moved a centimeter. I'm like Paul. I, I still know in whom I have believed. And I'm still persuaded that he is able. Come on, somebody. Many will depart from the faith. Why are people depart? You know one of the reasons? The seducing spirits and doctrines of devils? It's their, they have their faith in everything but the Lord Jesus Christ. And they're swayed by every wind of doctrine. Every time there's a sea change, their emotions change with it. Whether it's a red wave or a blue wave or a no wave. Their emotions ride high and ride low like a roller coaster. Whenever Jesus is the same yesterday. He's the same today. And you know what? He'll be the same tomorrow. He's unchanged. My faith is unshaken. Because my eyes are at a higher level than what can fall across Austin, Texas and Washington, D.C. We're going to deal with again for the second week on lying spirits. We opened that last week. I want you to understand that if you wasn't here last week, I want to remind you that I just read a key verse in Ephesians chapter 6 that says that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. The battle is spiritual. I told you last week, just to bring you up really quickly, that we've been in a spiritual battle since the beginning of time. I told you that in the old covenant, you never find an example of anyone being delivered from oppression or possession. It was one of the things that astounded the religious leaders of the day and, and moved the crowds in mass was that the demons were subject unto Jesus. When you see him walk in in Mark, I love Mark's gospel because he would walk into a scene and before the people knew who he was, before the priests knew who he was, before the Pharisees knew who he was, the demons would say, it's him. And he would say, shut up. And you know what they did? They shut up. I want you to know that he told Peter whenever, whenever he made the great confession, he said, who do men say I am? Say some, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. Some say you're a prophet. Who do you say I am? He said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says to Peter, he said, he said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. He said, Peter, he said, upon the rock of your confession, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He said, Peter, I have the keys to the kingdom. How many of you know that keys are authority? He said, I have the keys to the kingdom, and I'm giving them to you. We have the same authority. Spirit, the spiritual climate should not be controlling the life of a Christian. 
Our, our girls just demonstrated armor and put it in front of you. Armor's on the outside. Armor that's on the outside is meant to prevent from what's coming at you from getting on the inside. That matters because the church world stays hung up on possession that's from the inside. The only time that there can be possession is when the attack has gotten from the outside to the inside. That's why we're armored up. But because you need armor, and because you have a shield of faith, and because you have an offensive weapon, which is the sword of the Spirit that is the Word of God, and praying at, in the Spirit, the Bible says, that we have not only the, we, He's equipped us to keep things out of us, but He's given us an offensive weapon to fight back. Somebody hear me. We're engaged in a war. Somehow we, we, we think that, that all the demons are in Africa. No, most of them are in Congress. That slipped out, I'm sorry. It's all under a spiritual influence. I'm going to tell you, if, you're, if your mind and your worldview is not shaped by the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, hear me, somebody, hear me. If your mind and your worldview is not shaped by the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, it is being shaped by seducing spirits and doctrines as teachings of devils. There's only two options. You're being taught by someone. You're being influenced by someone. The fact that you need armor tells you that it's coming at you all the time and it told you what it is. Principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. He tells you again, let me remind you of something else. He told you that no weapon formed against you will prosper. That's when you're walking in obedience. That's when you're armored up. That's when you're in the Word. That's when you have a prayer life. That's, when, that's, that's whenever you have a helmet of salvation. Your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Your loins are girded about with truth. You have a shield, the breastplate of righteousness above all the shield of faith. And with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and praying in the Spirit. Whenever you have all that, they, I want, we think the demon and the influence and the attack has gone away, and we literally teach that. That, but it says, it says no weapon formed against you will prosper. It does not say that no weapon will be formed against you. This enemy of ours tells us in, in right at the beginning in Genesis that he is more subtle. He was more cunning than all the creatures of the field. He's sly. Deceptive. Tricky manipulative hello he influences always every day every person everywhere learn it now if you don't believe there's a fight you're lost Somebody hear me, you can be on your way to heaven. Saved on your way to heaven and live a completely defeated life on this earth. 
That's scriptural. It doesn't have to be that way. These spirits find a way to your mind. How many of you know where the battle takes place? I asked you last week when we began to talk about a lying spirit. We talked about it in 1 Kings where, where all the hosts of heaven were called together. And God said, who will go and convince Ahab's prophets to convince him to go into battle? And the Bible says that a spirit stepped forward and said, I will be a lying spirit to his prophets. That's not a holy angel. I will go. And God said, you will go and you will succeed. Now I want you to understand, Ahab was not demon possessed. I want you to understand that those prophets were not demon possessed. I want you to understand that all those prophets of Ahab's table, every one of them, were influenced by a lying spirit in their ear. Every one of them, every one of them prophesied to Ahab, go into battle and you will have a victory. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against power. Where, where was the fight with? Lying spirit that convinced all the prophets to convince a king to go into battle. And this is where Jehoshaphat said, is there not another prophet? And Ahab said, there's one. Hey, I want, to ask you, tell you, I want you to tell you something. It can be 400 to one. See, in, a, in America, we, talk, we tend to have this, this mentality about elections and majorities and democracy. By the way, we're not a democracy. We're a representative republic. Democracy is mob rule. And the mobs ruled 400 to 1. Is there not another prophet? Yes, there's one, but I don't like him. He always prophesies against me. It's always one. And he said, if you go, you're going to die. See, I told you, he's always against me. Lying spirits. I want you to understand, you've got to have the word of God to know what's true. Somebody here, you got to, if you're saved, you have the spirit of truth. He's the spirit of truth because he points to Jesus who is the truth. And Jesus is the living word, according to John 1 and 1 and 2. And the psalmist writes what? Thy word is truth. You, you, want, to be, you want to end the reign of a lying spirit in your life? Learn the word of God. Walk in the spirit. What a lying spirit! I told you last week. Some there's ways that it can operate. We're 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 moving. I'm recapping because I want you to be where we're at today. I want you to understand. So 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 you. I want to put a cap on it. So right now, anybody that's doubting that we still operate in these things, how many? But not by a show of hands. How many has ever had that thought? 
bombarded. Maybe you're bombarded by that thought. Maybe this is your world. Maybe this is your every day. Nobody loves you. Nobody wants you. Nobody cares about you. You're not smart enough. You're not good enough. You don't have enough education. You don't, you don't look right. You don't talk right. That's a lying spirit. And once a lying spirit has convinced you of some of these things, then other spirits can come in and join. You say, does that really happen? Yes. Why do you think the word tells us about legion? Why do you think it tells? Why do you think that he included that every that their that their marvel was over that he had the power to deliver people from demon spirits because they'd never seen it. They lived in their torment. They went and sacrificed. They went and, to, they went and, to, and laid the blood on the altar because it's about the lamb. Thank God it's about the lamb. They went and laid their blood on the altar, but they still had to deal with the torment. Peter told about the house of Cornelius, talked about this, this Jesus of Nazareth whom God anointed with the Holy Spirit and he went about doing good and healing all of those who were what? Oppressed of the devil. Let me remind you of Mark 16 that says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And I'm not going to go all the way through, but it says when you do, the very first thing that we think no longer exists, is no longer a priority, the very first thing that Jesus said would happen when you preached the gospel. He said, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. First thing. First thing, the first fruit of the gospel is the devil's got to go. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to tell you how we got where we are, why you're going through what you're going through, and how to stop it. There's still power in the name of Jesus. There's still power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Man, then the songwriters used to write, would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood. Would you, listen to the next line, would you or evil <laughs> a victory win? We don't even know that there's victory anymore. Would you or evil a victory win? There's power in the blood. He lies. He's the father of all lies. He's subtle. He never stops. But we have power over sin. See, the church world today teaches you grace in sin. And the Bible teaches you victory over sin. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. 
Jesus said. Why? For he has anointed me to preach. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Listen to the words. He has sent me. Jesus is speaking. He's pulled the, the scroll of Isaiah in his hometown synagogue. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. I want you to hear something. He didn't, Jesus didn't come to teach you to cope. I'm going to say it again. Somebody hear me. The, the best the counselor can do. Listen to me. The best the counselor can do is teach you to cope. Maybe. But I want you to know that there's one that it says that the, that the government shall be upon his shoulders. It says that his name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor. Mighty God. Wonderful Father. What else? The Prince of Peace. He didn't come to teach you to cope. It says, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To preach deliverance. And Alcoholics Anonymous will tell you to stand and declare that I am JR and I am an alcoholic. It will tell you that you're an alcoholic for the rest of your life. It will tell you that you're never going to get free. That is just handcuffs that have, that have frou-frou on them. You're still bound. They're just soft bondage, but you're still bound. Jesus said, I've come to preach deliverance to the captive. Deliverance to the captive. Deliverance to the captive. He wants to set you free. Set you free. Young man, you can be free today. Young lady, you can be free today. You don't have to be bound all of your life in a cage of suicidal thought. You don't have to be bound by sexual deviancy. You don't have to be bound by oppressing spirits that surround you. You don't have to be. He, Jesus came to set the captive free. The psalmist declared it. He said, my soul escaped. Somebody say escaped. My soul escaped like a bird out of the snare of the fowler. It got free today. You can be free. You can know the truth. And the truth will make you what? Free. And whom the Son has set free is what? Free indeed. You can be free. 
deliverance to the captive, recovering of sight to the blind. Somebody asked me this morning, listen to me, I raised my kids right. Is there any hope that they can come back to the way that what they know is true? Listen to what Jesus just said. I just noticed it. Listen to what he just said. Why did he come? To preach deliverance to the captain. Listen, the recovering of sight. Who? Did you hear that? Recovering of sight. It means they've had sight and they've lost it. It means they've been blind. It says the recovering of sight. He, one of the purposes that he came was to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind. Yes, yes, the answer is yes, yes, yes. The answer is yes, mom and dad. The answer is yes, they can get free. Yes, they can come home to what you preach. Yes, they can, they, can, they can come back to what you put in them. Yes, the recovering of sight to the blind. And to set at liberty, that is to set free those who are bruised. That deep wound that seems to never go away. To set it free. Them that are bruised. Some bruises are deep. Some bruises seem to have been there a lifetime. Some lies start early. Hear me. Some lies start early. Let me walk into snake-infested water with my eyes open. Are you ready? Set at liberty those who are bruised. You have that picture of my family. Show me. Y'all see that? It's my dad, my mom, my brother. That's me. About six years old in that picture. Somewhere within the coming year of that picture, I was exposed to the first pornographic images I'd ever seen in my life. That old. How many of you know that's pretty young? Pretty innocent. Yes? I'll stand here today at 51 years old and tell you I can still see those images in my mind very graphically. from 1977, still today. Those images opened a door in my life. Do you know that there's doors that the enemy comes through? That there's doors to the innocent 
How many of you know I was innocent? Are you with me? Are you nervous already? No, today, today's been a long time coming. It's time that somebody said what's true. It's time that somebody equipped the church and equipped the saints for what is true. It's time that somebody got real with you today. That day changed my life. I dare say that there's not a man or a woman in this room that don't remember the same thing. Because they tend to burn these, these things. The, the, the power of sexual imagery tends to burn in your mind. See, innocence wasn't lost the first time that I had a sexual relationship. Innocent was, innocence wasn't lost the first time that shouldn't have touched, somebody that shouldn't have touched me touched me. The, my innocence wasn't lost whenever I had relationships that I shouldn't have had. My innocence was lost the day that I opened my aunt's cabinets in her bathroom and it was stacked full of her, of her son's pornography. That's the day that everything changed. Can I tell you what Matthew 6 says? Are you there? Turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse 22. Matthew chapter 6, verse 22, hear me. It says, the light of your body is the eye. The light of your body is the eye. If therefore your eye be single or whole that's healthy, your whole body shall be full of light. But if your eye is evil, your whole body shall be full of darkness. And if therefore the light that is in you be darkness, how great is that darkness. Things enter through what you see. It's the reason we don't walk by sight. How many of you are still with me? I remember that day on Chisholm Street in Paris, Arkansas. I remember sticking one of those images up my coat and running out to find my brother and my older cousins to show them what I found. Also, I remember getting caught with that image later. <laughs> that wasn't good. But that has nothing really to do with the story. I want somebody to hear me before I go any further. That the devil is after your soul and he's after you from the earliest age. The, in, the most innocent of innocent can be tormented by demon spirits just because of the environment that they were born into. Why do you think the Bible says that the husband is the covering of the wife and the wife is the covering of the children? When we, have, when we see acting out among our youngest, inappropriate language, inappropriate touching, acting out, in every way you can think of, you, you always, that when, when, when five-year-olds, four-year-olds say things to teachers and colleagues that there's only one way they can know.
and their earliest memories are of some kind of deviancy. The enemy is not picky how he destroys. If he can destroy you with sexuality, he will. If he can destroy you with drugs and alcohol, he will. I got news for you though, those things are generally later on when when forces have joined with the other things and you begin to try to self-medicate. And you begin to you try to cover up when you try to when you try to to calm the screaming. Anybody hear me? I'll go ahead and say it right here before I go any further. Every time that you hear someone say for any reason that I was born that way, I was born this way. You go straight to homosexuality, and it's still true there. But I'm talking about anything. I was just born this way. Because he's after you from the earliest age and the earliest memories. I, don't, I need you to understand that this enemy of ours is an enemy. He is the enemy. And he is not, he, he's not a kind devil ever. There's not a person alive from, from that innocent baby on the back row to the oldest person in this room that he's not trying to kill, steal, and to destroy from the moment. Well, he actually prefers nowadays to convince their mom to do it in the womb. I'm going to tell you that all throughout the, the, the history of, the, of mankind that the enemies went after the children. Are anybody hearing me? He's not, he doesn't have our moral code of innocence. The earlier, the better. Hear me. It's really important. The Holy Spirit said something to me this morning while I was ironing clothes. So don't dread ironing. He can still speak to you. How many of you know, you say, you're always talking about speaking to, yes, if you get in his word and you pray, he is going to speak to your heart. He will tell you things that are beyond yourself. Something are simple in their profoundness. But hear me, mom and dad, I'm talking about the youngest of young right now. Your children will not believe everything you tell them. You know how it kind of works when they're eight, when they're eight years old. You're everything. You're the smartest. You're, Dad's the smartest man that ever lived. He's their hero. He knows everything. Dad knows everything. I mean, he knows everything. Y'all know that. Then they get about thirteen, and Dad doesn't know as much. And they get about fourteen, and they, you know, and. And, you know, by the time they're 17 or 18, dad doesn't know anything. When they're, when, they're, when they're 20 or so and they start getting married, you know, they know everything and they don't need any advice from anybody. And by the time they're about 30, they realize they didn't know much and they need, they, I need to call dad. Your kids are not going to believe everything you say when you say it. This is what he told me this morning. Your kids are not, mom and dad, your children are not going to believe everything you say. Listen to me, I want you to miss it. And I want you to think hard when I say it. I've already told you the first half. Your kids are not going to believe everything you say. They're going to believe every word that you don't say. 
Oh, I don't think you got it. We're going to let it simmer. I don't, think you, I don't think you heard me. I don't think you understand what the Spirit of God's saying. We get frustrated because they don't just do what we say. So we quit saying. I remind you not to grow weary in well-doing. Because you're going to reap if you faint not. They're not. They don't believe everything you say. But I can tell you they believe everything that you don't say. Why do we have a, a lawless generation? Because nobody told them that you had to work. In fact, they told them you was a princess. And you're a superstar. Nobody told them that life wasn't fair. You went and fought every battle for them instead of just letting them have the consequences. Nobody told them when they come in tattletale at every five seconds to either go play or sit down. I'm preaching now. Honey, either go play and have a good time or go sit in the living room. But I've had enough. That's good preaching. But she, they don't believe everything you say. But they believe, see, when you don't say that, they believe they're entitled to win every argument. They believe, they believe that the world does revolve around them. They're shocked when the boss fires them. They're, bought, they're shocked when they don't get the promotion. They're shocked when they're in trouble with the law. They're shocked if you're always defending your children when they're wrong. Get used to it and save some money because you're going to need an attorney later to do that. They don't believe everything you say, but they believe everything you don't. You want to know how we're where we're at and the situations we're in? It's because we decided that this no longer needed to be preached. Grace and sin instead of freedom from sin. When life becomes about pride, well, I'm going to tell you something. When your child, my child, me, you, begins to believe that everything is about us, that is pride. And pride, haughty spirit before destruction. Pride before a fall. It will work out no better for your babies than it does for anybody else. When truth is not preached, lies rule and reign. You want to know why we have a, a, a whole generation of alphabet soup? It's because we're believing, oh, just love them where they're at. Listen, I'm going to love my kids where they're at, but I'm going to teach them right, and I'm going to correct them when they're wrong. My boys will tell you, I've told them, if you get in trouble, dad's going to be there. Call me. I'll never walk away from you. But if you commit a crime and you're guilty, you're, I'll, I'll help you get a lawyer, but I'll love you in jail. We've lost that ability. 
I'm not made it as far. I'm not going to make it as far as I wanted to make it this morning. But I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to concentrate right here a second because this room needs to hear it, and anybody watching needs to hear it. When you have the Spirit of Truth abiding in your heart, the only way you're saved is because the Spirit of Truth pointed you to the to the truth. Hear me. That's right. The Bible tells you clearly that you have to have a love for the truth. You're not hearing me. If you don't love the truth, you don't love Jesus. And the truth is the truth whether I like it or not. The truth is the truth whether it's painful or not. See, because it's, it's, it's when the truth is spoken in love that, 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 that people can turn. It's the goodness of God. It's the goodness of God. Somebody hear me. It's the goodness of God that draws men to repentance. It's the goodness of God. And I've seen in the most graphic, I have been shook to my core in the last few weeks when I saw people that claim Christianity at the highest levels. You hear me? I'm talking about not just casual Christians. I'm talking about they claim Christianity at the highest levels. What's that mean? In the, in the ministry offices. With a total disregard for truth and a complete refusal to even want to see what it might be. I've struggled over it greatly. And I want to tell you something. A believer can be deceived, but when truth comes, they have to turn and repent and turn to truth. If you refuse to even know the truth, then you don't have the spirit of truth. That's straight preaching. That's biblical. That's scriptural. You cannot be indwelled by the spirit of truth and have a total rejection of what's true. It's not possible. It is not possible. When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. That's a lying spirit. That's a seducing spirit. That is doctrines of devils. It is another Jesus by another spirit and another gospel. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, if you want to look that up. Galatians chapter 1, I am bewildered. I am amazed, Paul said, that you so quickly have been led astray to another Jesus, another gospel, which is not another. He said, if, if we or an angel from heaven come to you preaching any other gospel from which I've given you, let them be accursed. He said, I will repeat it, I will say it again. If anyone an angel from heaven come to you preaching any other gospel than which, that which I've given you. Let them be accursed. The pulpits and the world today is full of people serving another Jesus by another spirit and another gospel. It's why Jesus said that Straight is the way, narrow the gate that leads into life. Hello? It says, and how many find it? Few. 
Broad is the way that leads to destruction. How many find it? Many. Jesus said, many will come to me in that day. What's that day? That's judgment day. Many will come to me in that day. Does it say many? Look it up. Does it say many? And what will they say? Lord, Lord, didn't I prophesy in your name? Didn't I do miracles in your name? And he said, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. And that doesn't mean he didn't know your name. He said that Adam knew his wife and they bore a son. Jesus said, I never knew you. We never had a relationship. We were never intimate. You were never mine. Many. Paul warned about it over and over. Jesus warned about it. John warned about it. Jude warned about it. James wrote, warned about it. Just because they're open a book that has Holy Bible printed on the outside and just because you feel something in the atmosphere and just because they read a scripture does not mean it's the Jesus, the spirit, the gospel. Because see, it's the spirit of truth. Why should you be bewildered, church? It says, why, why, why are you, you shocked? Why are you shocked? The Bible says, why are you shocked? It says even Satan himself can pre presents himself as an angel of light. Don't be shocked that there's people that look like light when they're darkness. This is why you gotta know the word. And by the, the psalmist says, by your precepts I know you. Therefore, listen to me. Therefore, I hate every false way. Every false way. Oh, just love them where they're at. No, tell them the truth. Oh, I, and we live in a world where you have to say you're not a cat. Now, if you want to be Skippy John Jones, that's okay. Because you're going to pretend a while. Um, that's not what we're talking about. Y'all don't know about Skippy John Jones. We know about Skippy John Jones. We're not talking about kids pretending. We're talking about when deviancy and demonic influence takes over someone's mind and they begin to believe the unthinkable. And the doctors confirm it. Approve of it. When the government begins to legislate against anybody that will say what's true. When nine-year-olds are getting their bodies mutilated. When all over the world, all of a sudden, the, the, great, the, the, the trend everywhere is to, is to be transgender, transsexual, pansexual, whatever sexual. When a third grader shouldn't know anything about sex other than girls have cooties. And not my cooties, just cooties. Y'all ain't hearing me. I got a little time. You hear me? Oh. We're jumping on the bandwagon of a satanic fad that it's irreversible. 
that's going to lead to a life of heart where lying spirits take over. Then spirits of suicide come in. Then spirits of hatred come in. Then spirits of rejection come in. Then spirits of, 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 of everything that comes in that turns you against God comes in. And it's a lie of the devil. I was born that way. Because what happens is a spirit of confusion. Put that picture back up. Then a spirit of confusion comes in. How do you know that confusion's a spirit? Don't check out on me now. Y'all try to check out too early. Don't check out on me now. This preacher is burdened with your soul and the soul of your children. I read about Paul. I thought I was crazy. Then I started reading in Paul in, first, in Colossians chapter 2. He said, I'm agonizing over your soul. told the church at Corinth the same thing. He said, I'm jealous over you with a godly jealousy. It's a spirit of confusion because I can tell you how I know that because the Bible clearly tells me that God is not the author of confusion. When I look opens an immature mind to the things that only, only married people are supposed to see. Oh, I, I, I am so old-fashioned that I still believe that the word intended for, for nudity and sexuality to be between married people. Say, have you lived that way? No. Do I regret it? Yes. So do you. So do you. So do you. If you belong to him, you regret it. Whether innocent or participation or confusion or just jumped right in when you got saved, it can, God convicted you of your sin. You regretted it. You turned from it and you asked for forgiveness. You regretted it. Sexuality is one of the most powerful things that God ever put in the human nature. It was for him and for us. The first command he gave Adam was to go, and Eve was to grow and procreate, to, to fill the whole earth. After the flood, when he destroyed everything, the first command to Noah again was to go forth and procreate, fill the whole earth. That's what God meant it for. It was meant to be a gift between a man and a woman where two will become one flesh. Hello? It was never meant, it was never meant for a juvenile mind. I gotta hurry, but I'm not gonna hurry so fast that you don't get it. Sexuality was never meant for a juvenile mind. James Robert Armstrong, the original. Jackie Marie Armstrong took me 
And I learned from the earliest age the truth of God's word. My mom was raised in Pentecost. My dad was raised heathen. But he got saved. And it changed his life. And they raised me from the earliest ages I can remember. I was practically born under the pew. You know that. But from the earliest ages I can remember, can I hurry and tell you some things? I was exposed to sexuality that day, and it was powerful. Within a year from this date, there was a neighbor kid that was beginning to do things to me that he shouldn't have done. It brought confusion. God's not the author of confusion. Somebody hear me, God's not the author of confusion. Somebody hear me, God's not the author of confusion. Somebody hear me, God's not the author of confusion. And I'm going to tell you what confuses juvenile minds. You've never heard a preacher make any kind of bold statement like this in your life from a pulpit. The Bible addresses it, so, so am I. Mom and dad, they're, not, they're, they're, getting it, they're getting it from everywhere else. They might as well get the truth from here. When a juvenile mind is brought into very adult things that was meant between, between the privacy of a bedroom between a married couple, it changes everything. And I'm going to tell you one of the things that brings that I was born this way mentality. It's a lie. It's a seducing spirit. It's a doctrine of devils. Because their earliest taunts they remember. The most vivid imagery they remember. They remember the body reactions that it caused. They remember the feelings that it stirred. They remember the dopamine that flooded their brain. You hear me. With a young man, I'm I'm not a woman. I'm clear on that. You got to say that these days. I'm clear on that. I don't have a feminine side. That's how it started out, by the way. And I'm talking about all of it. I'm not, don't you narrow it down to one thing. I'm talking about all of it. I'm going to tell you what causes confusion. I can tell, are you ready? You might gasp, but I'm going to tell you anyway, because somebody needs to know it. When somebody at an early age is brought some powerful sexuality, graphic imagery, and then somebody touches them sexually and their body reacts the way it was created to react. How many of you know your body is created to react away sexually? They confuse arousal with attraction. That's what happens, male and female. Male on male, female on female, adult on child. Do I, any way you want, slice it. And the confusion comes with something that was never meant for that child to experience with anybody ever, anywhere, until they were married to a spouse. Like it, don't like it, old-fashioned, whatever you want to call it. Everyone that's ever had a sexual relationship of any kind outside of the bonds of matrimony, it affected you negatively. I didn't say you didn't enjoy it. I'm talking about the confusion. I'm saying it affected you negatively. The Word of God says in Proverbs, that can a man take fire into his belly 
and his clothes not be burned. He's talking about sexual relationships, fornication and adultery. Anything outside of marriage. Can a man, can one, can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Can one go up on hot coals and his feet not be burned? It says that a neighbor, go to a, if he, so that he goes to his neighbor's wife, whoever touches her shall not be innocent. A man, a man does not despise a thief when he steals to satisfy his soul with hunger. But if he be found, he will have to restore sevenfold that he shall give the substance of his house. But he who commits adultery with a woman lacks understanding. That he does it destroys his own soul. There's no such thing as innocent, untouched sexuality that's outside of God's plan. Can I tell you about that? Can I keep going? That's first grade. By fourth grade, so what was a nine, ten. By first grade, fourth grade, I began to hear, fourth grade, hear me, fourth grade. I began to hear queer, little fag, sissy. Fourth grade, are you hearing me? What does that matter? The power of life and death is in the tongue. Lying spirits, seducing spirits, not flesh and blood, Amy. Principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Somebody else put in your life that does inappropriate things to you. And then later it becomes because you've reacted it becomes with you. Young ladies, it might be a stepfather that touched you. My wife had that happen at a young age. She would testify to you today, it changes everything. Everything. Why? Because that young mind was never, it was never meant to happen. Young men and young women, sometimes, oftentimes, many times, from that, they, they become promiscuous at a very young age. They're, they're, they're not a slut. They're not a whore. They're not any of those things. They, they have been damaged by a predator. In powerful ways that confuses their mind. God's not the author of confusion. See, it's my loins are girt about with truth. Breastplate of righteousness, you've got to have truth. If you don't, if you're, uh, parents, listen to me. I told you, they don't believe what everything you say, but they'll believe everything you don't say. And, and your loins are girt about with truth for a reason, because if you don't tell the truth, listen to me. If you don't tell the truth, you cannot reproduce truth. Your loins are about the strength of your body and about sexual reproduction, about procreation. If you don't gird your loins about with truth, you cannot reproduce truth. It cannot 
happen. I thank God that he protected my mind in many ways about the things that happened to me. The first of which was that filth underneath a bathroom cabinet that back in the day you had to find it somewhere, you had to walk into a store somewhere and ask for stuff from behind the counter, but today that every child has on that cute little iPad that you gave them that you don't monitor, and the average boy has been exposed to hardcore pornography by the time they're nine years old. And I'm going to tell you, they're affected. They're not unaffected. They're, they're affected. They're not unaffected. It's going, to, it's going to affect them. It's going to affect what they expect out of a sexual relationship. It's going to affect that girl that they start dating. It's going to, it's going to affect everything in their life. That's what's true. It's great damage that the counselor can only teach you to cope with. A thief comes not, but to steal, but to kill, to destroy. But thank God Jesus said, but I am come that you might have life, life more abundantly. I was born that way. Tell me, Jesus. Tell me about eternal life. That Pharisee, Nicodemus, that come by night. Tell me how. He said, Nicodemus, you must be. You have to be. You've got to be born again. How shall I enter again into my mother's womb? He said, oh, no, 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 no. Whatever, listen to me. Whatever, whatever's born of flesh is flesh. Whatever's born of spirit is spirit. He covered every deception, every lie, every confusion about it could be, oh, some, some people, it's, I'm a German, and I've just got a, I, I'm, I'm a red-headed Irish hothead. Not looking at anybody. I was just born that way. It's not in my nature. I was born that way. I wasn't born that way. It's the reason. You must be, you have to be, you've got to be born again. It's why Paul said, if a man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, stop and look at it. All things pass away. Behold, all things, all things, somebody hear me. All things are become new. All things are become new. It had never happened before him. The blood would cover it and roll it back. But whenever the spirit came, the angel came to Joe, he said, 
You shall have a son and you'll call his name Jesus. And he will save the world from their sin. Oh, you don't understand. He will save the world, not in their sin, from their sin. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to set the captive free. He has sent me for the recovering of sight to the blind. I've came to set free, to set at liberty those who are bruised. Bruised. Go look, go dig, go find out. You'll find out that the things I've described this morning is exactly what Jesus was speaking to when he said, I will set at liberty those who are bruised. Those who, it goes deep and lasts a long time. Things that you think you can never be free from. The wounds that can never heal. He says, he come to set the captive free. Thank God. I come by just in the short closing moments again to sum it up in one word that I'm going to use week after week after week after week until we get it. Jesus is the answer. Church, show it to us. Jesus is the answer. You ain't hearing me. Young lady, yeah, go ahead. What that man does to you, you don't have to live with all your life. Jesus is the answer. Young man, Jesus is the answer. Mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, Jesus is the answer. He's not religion. He's not religion. He's not a denomination. He's not works. He's not, he's not, he's not, he's not a routine. He is a savior. Remember what the angels proclaim unto you this day was born in the city of David. A savior. Which is Christ the Lord. Christ then, that's the anointed one. The Lord, the one that came to rule and to reign and to guide. It's the same thing Peter said on the day of Pentecost. This Jesus whom you crucified has been made both Savior, Christ, and Lord.